Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Um, thank you so much for tuning in once again to Church Board Confessions. I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke, um, and we're on our 40th episode, the 40th recording of Church Board Confessions. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please ignore the numbers. I don't know how to take those off. 40th episode, um, coming up on a year soon. I guess that's what, 12 weeks coming up on a year. Um, thank you so much once again for tuning in, all the support. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, um, I, I, I hope that you like it, honestly. <laughs> I love the feedback. I love the support. Um, you guys have been showing me so much love, and thank you. Here's the 40, 40th episode. And I think it's amazing that, you know, it's the 40th episode, and it falls on um, the day after Palm Sunday. Um, I will say this, you know, it's a lot of craziness that's been going on in the world. Um, and, you know, yesterday I found myself Sunday morning tweeting about some of the craziness because I was very upset. I mean, like a lot of us are upset about them starting to, or planning to um, start testing vaccines in Africa, specifically Congo. I believe Congo already accepted it. Um, and I tweeted about that and everything, and I was upset and everything. Um, and then one of my friends corrected me, Big Mike, he was on an episode earlier. Um, one of my friends corrected me and said, like, yo, like, let's not forget that it's Palm Sunday. That's, that's you know, your your anger, all that stuff is val- valid, but let's not detract from the truth of this being Palm Sunday, the significance of it being Palm Sunday. And if you're not familiar with Christian history, I will say that, you know, this is probably, excuse me, not probably, this is the most important period of time that we remember. Um, because it's this time over 2000 years ago that Jesus made his way into Jerusalem, what we call the triumphant entry that I will be talking about more in this uh, episode. Um, and this is when he entered in Jerusalem where he would then die, um, a couple days, some days later, um, and be resurrected the following, what, seven days, uh, the following week after that Sunday. So, um, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I, I feel like per tradition, you have to talk about this stuff because not even per tradition, like learning about Jesus Christ and like his resurrection is the most important, like that's that's the point. That's salvation. That's the point of all of this. Right. Um, but I think that, um, because of all everything that's been going on, like there's going to be a lot of people who may stray away from talking about Jesus Christ in this time or talking about this death or talking about triumphant entry. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that because I don't want to continue to preach to the hysteria and forsake preaching about salvation. So by God's grace, we're going to mesh those two together because I feel like there's a lot of things that we could learn from the life of Jesus and just this week and the things that he encountered that can not only pertain to our salvation, but can also pertain to how a lot of us may be feeling right now. So that being said, I was sitting in my bed this past week um, and it occurred to me, you know, God likes to talk to me, right? He likes to talk to all of us and thank God, like, you know, that those spaces that he creates for us to listen and hear him more. Um, and God was talking to me and what he said was that, and this was a critique that he had upon myself because sometimes I think I'm so perfect or sometimes I think I got it all together in certain areas, but I actually don't. There's always room for me to grow. Um, I'm here with my family and it occurred to me that, yo, my family has done so much things for me. My family has showed so much support. My family, my dad is still working even in this time period keeping a roof over our head, giving me money to eat every day, 
My mom cleans my room before I come back, makes me food, makes sure everything is straight all the time. And it's like, I think to myself, man, once I get to the point where I want to get to in life and I have a whole bunch of money, I'm going to bless them so much. I'm going to bless them so much. But then it thought, you know, it occurred to me that, you know, of course I love my family, but the only way I think about showing love to my family are those ways that I feel are the most valid or are the ways I feel like are the most comfortable for myself. And I'll try to break that down when I would, of course I'd want to give my mom and my sisters, everybody, the world. Right. But for some reason in my head, that means that I have to wait until I have the world in order to show them my love. But what God revealed to me was that you need to be able to show your love, even when it's an inconvenience to you. I'll give you an example. I don't have so much money to give my mom right now, but what my mom will ask of me is to help her do something on the computer, help her do something on her phone or whatever it might be. And I'm always just smacking my teeth or murmuring and all that. And I'm annoyed and I don't want to do all that. Um, And it's like, I end up doing it, but it's just like, she's upset because it's like, bro, you're mad that you're helping me right now. You feel me? And it's like, or maybe my sister wants me to take her pictures for Instagram, whatever it might be. And it's like, I'm smacking my teeth, but it's like, if these are people that I say I would die for, how come I can't even do a simple task for them? And God answered that question is because you don't like to do things when it inconveniences you. You like to do things when it doesn't convenience you. But I challenge everybody listening and even challenging myself to understand that it's your responses and your actions that you do when you're inconvenienced that shows the most about you shows how much you love shows how 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 strong you are how how honorable and 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 real you are so the way i kind of like am trying to work this into what i'm trying to say is that i would love to be comfortable all the time you know, like, and then, like, I feel like all of this, like, this inconvenience idea can translate to multiple different avenues where I love to be comfortable. Um, and it's like doing unassociated, like, I'm not always comfortable, but it's like whenever I'm, 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 I'm commonly inconvenienced, but the problem is I don't feel like I always have the right responses when I'm inconvenienced when it comes to doing this work. I start to get frustrated and I start to get annoyed. And sometimes I start to just down, like, you know, go in on myself. Um, and every time I'm inconvenienced, I feel the utmost pressure to quit. Um, and in reality, it's these times when we feel inconvenienced that we should want to endure, that we should cherish those times and understand that it's these times that really count. Um, and this is when we got to press forward. This is when we have to really persevere. So the way I feel like we can make this analogous to life in general is that we could think of life as a race, right? But it's something different about this race when you're a child of God. Thanks to Jesus Christ, thanks to what he did, um, thanks to his triumphal, triumphant entry. That's what we call it when he came into Jerusalem where he would die for our sins and be raised again. Because of that, we won the race already. The race has already been won. Jesus Christ won the race for us. The race is rigged. Think of, think of it that way. It's fixed. The enemy's already losing and we're already winning. So when you understand that, when you understand that we're, we're in this race and it's fixed and we've already won, 
when you really grasp that, you can understand that our focus so much doesn't have to be on winning because it's, we already won. Like that's already fixed. But our focus is more on making sure we don't quit. That's where our focus is supposed to be. Not on winning. We've already won. It's about not giving up. Because even think of it like a, if you can't think of it in a race, but think of it like a boxing match. It's fixed. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like you just have to actually show up to the arena and throw some punches and just make sure you don't quit. But it's like when it really comes down to it, it's fixed. The fight is fixed. The scorecards are, you know what I'm saying? Like This is what God is doing on our behalf. Um, We have to not give up. We have to endure um, and I think that when you're in a race, how you endure is by like, think of it as like a marathon. And when you're running a marathon, I've never run a marathon, but I assume that the people who run a marathon are not sprinting the entire time. No, it's called pacing yourself. You have to be able to pace yourself in the race. That's how you don't give up. Pacing is your strategy of endurance. That's how you endure. You have to come up with a strategy. And that's the pacing. Okay, at this time, I'm going to like slow down a little so I can regain, you know, um, strength in my legs or so I can take some breaths so I could catch my breath, all that different stuff. Like you have to pace yourself. That's your strategy for enduring. Um, You have to recognize that you're not always going to be able to move as fast as you want to go or as slow as you want to go at all these different times. Sometimes you have to match the environment. Maybe it's an incline or maybe it's um, a, a very rugged terrain, whatever it might be. You have to change your pace to match the environment sometimes in your life. Maybe you want to go 100 miles an hour, but it's like, OK, you have all these different things and responsibilities that you have to take care of, whether it's with your family, whether it's with school. So now you have to pace yourself. You're going to have to slow down a little bit. Or maybe you want to slow down a little bit because you're more comfortable when you're just moving slow, but God needs you to do something right away. So it's like you got to pace yourself. You have to be strategic. There are things in life that are going to inconvenience you, but you have to be able to come up with the right responses during these times in order to actually be fruitful in these times. The inconveniences will always exist. They will always exist. We love to be comfortable. We love to be able to move at our own pace. We love to we love to um, make everything yield to us. But the fact of the matter is the only way everything could yield to us is if we could control everything. Sometimes we need to be able to read the room, read the environment, and then come up with a strategy as to how we are going to best perform in this environment. Um, it's time for us to come up with the right responses to to those inconveniences it's 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 those responses that matter the most i think like an analogy that i could think of is like when you're in the gym i was talking to one of my friends named tim and he he gave me this analogy where it's like you're in the gym you can be lifting weights right but it really doesn't matter how much you lift until it starts to hurt until it starts to be inconvenient to lift 
Because, I mean, we could lift anything. I could lift this journal. I could lift the Bible. I could lift the laptop and all that different stuff. But it's like that didn't make me gain muscle, right? But then when I actually gained muscle was when, like, I've been lifting dumbbells. Maybe I'm doing a set of 10 and it's like around 7. That's when I can start to feel the burn. And then everything I do after I feel that burn, everything I do after I feel that inconvenience is what builds me. That's the thing that's going to produce the fruit in the end. Your responses to those inconvenient moments. I want to talk about a time when Jesus was inconvenienced. I will tell you this. Jesus dying on the cross for you, if you didn't already know that, was pretty inconvenient. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 26, um, starting at verse 36. So this is, I think, a couple days before he actually um, gets killed, gets crucified. But I believe that this is this is um, the night that he actually gets captured and arrested and everything. So starting at verse 36, then Jesus, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place with them being his disciples unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and two, and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding, exceeding sor- sorrowful. This is Jesus talking. My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry, tarry ye here and watch with me. And when he went a little further, Jesus went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my father. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. May God bless the hearing and the reading and understanding of his word. In Jesus' name, amen. This look. Hear this prayer in verse 39. O oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Dying on the cross was that inconvenient moment. Jesus Christ he'd done all these miracles and all that different stuff and of course he's been inconvenienced he's been challenged his entire life um but now it's really come to that really big finale the ultimate inconvenience because getting on that cross wasn't just dying but it was actually taking on all the sin and the guilt from all that sin from the entire world, from everyone's sin, from the past, present, and the future. He had to put that on himself and die on that cross, pay for our sins. It was an inconvenience because ultimately he'd be separated from the Father. He'd feel that. He'd feel it. I think that this part is amazing because we talk about how in the world was Jesus pacing himself in this example when he was inconvenienced. Well, he said that his heart was very sorrowful in verse 38. So his like he's feeling the inconvenience at this moment. He's feeling the race start to get really hard. So he had to pace himself. What did he do? He had to regroup. He had to regroup. First of all, he had to leave everybody else alone and just be with his core. And then he had to even maybe leave his core and then just be with himself for a little bit. Just him and God. Regroup. 
regroup. That was his response to the inconvenience. You know, I love this moment. I love this moment because even aside, like kind of a side note from what I'm talking about, I believe that this moment personally to me is the moment where I recognize God's love for us, me, the most. Because in verse 39, Jesus is on his knees, sweating, feeling sorrowful. And he asked God, if there's any way that this can pass from me, let it happen. And of course, you know, the Bible doesn't say God's response, but evidently, God told Jesus, no, there is no other way. The father told the son, no, you got to do this. This is the only way. This is my will. And Jesus accepted it. The father looked Jesus to his face and said, no, 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 no. You need to do this for Emmanuel Heke. You need to do this for the people watching this podcast. You need to do this for the people listening to this podcast. This needs to happen because of them. That's God's love. Jesus responded to the inconvenience by regrouping and carrying on. It doesn't mean that everything got easier because clearly after this, he got beat, whipped, spat on humiliated and hung on a cross but he did fulfill his purpose and then after he fulfilled his purpose he now sits at the right hand of the father so please understand that we have the victory we win in the end but he had to go through the inconvenient moment and he had to respond in the right way he had to pace himself he had to come up with a strategy to endure and for him that was Let me get away from everything and just spend time with the father. Let me regroup. Let me get my mind right and let me complete this task. That's what our our Jesus Christ did this week, this week that we're in right now, over 2000 years ago, this specific week, over 2000, 2000 years ago. That's what my savior did. And look at us now, over 2,000 years later, it looks like we've all been, you know, met with a big inconvenience. I mean, we're just talking about Corona, but I mean, like, it's some of us that maybe it's more than Corona that we're going through. But nonetheless, definitely inconvenience. So then how will you pace yourself in this time? What's the strategy that what's the strategy that you will come up with in this time? Because understand that although this is an inconvenient time, it was also an inconvenient time for Jesus and he still needed to fulfill his purpose. That didn't change. You can be inconvenienced right now, but that does not excuse you from fulfilling your purpose. All of this may have been a surprise to us, but God knew that this was going to happen. The coronavirus was going to happen like this. Before you were even born, before he formed you, he knew that this was going to happen. So he had this in mind 
And I don't believe that he just said, hey, take a month or however many months off break from your purpose so you can reconvene whenever this is all done. No, 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 no. Pace yourself. We've been inconvenienced. We've come to a place where things aren't going the way we want them to go. But the race must continue. We must continue to run because we can't give up. Remember, we have the victory already, but we have to focus on not giving up. We can't give up, so we need to pace ourselves. We need to be strategic. What's your strategy? Inquire with God like Jesus did. And maybe you got to write things down. Write goals down. Maybe you have to, to get up earlier in the morning on purpose and just spend time with God. Whatever it might be, man. We're not excused from our purpose just because we're inconvenienced. We have to remember that maybe we can dedicate this week. Give me seven days. Over 2,000 years ago, it was seven days until beginning now, until his resurrection. Give me these seven days. Come up with a strategy. How are you going to respond to the inconvenience that we're in right now? Let's go into confession. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for this word. This word is for me too. God, right now, I pray over your children, Lord, the strength to persevere, the, str- the strength to endure, the strength to pace themselves and not give up. We thank you for the victory that you've already given us Help us, Lord Jesus, to not give up and to finish this race, Lord Jesus. Help us understand that there's still purpose in every day that we are waking up. Even if we're doing the same thing every day, there's still purpose in every day. Every day is a day that you made so we can rejoice and be glad. And every day is a day that we have purpose. Because if it wasn't, then we wouldn't be here anymore. There'd be no need for us to be here. Heavenly Father, be with us, Father God, to understand that it's our responses at those inconvenience, at those inconvenient moments that matter the most and help us to cease those opportunities. Help us in this week, Father God, to just remember what Christ did, how he went into Jerusalem, how he died on that cross and how he resurrected. Lord Jesus, we are more than conquerors. Lord Jesus, we, we, we are able to run and not grow weary, mount up wings like eagles with you. It's ours. All is ours. Help us to seize it all and understand that we have the victory. We just need not give up. And we won't give up. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, do not give up. It's not over. The devil wants you to think it's over. Anything that he can do to make you stop running, he will do it. He will tell you it. Anything he can do to make you feel like or make you not fruitful, he's going to tell you that he's going to lie to you. He's going to deceive you. Understand that it's, we are still in a race. And although we've come to this inconvenient time, it does not excuse us from running. Hope you guys have a wonderful week, and I'll see you guys next week on Easter. Oh, the day after Easter. Love y'all. Peace.